Okay, guys, before, um, before I start, I just want to welcome the visiting parents. I apologize, I'm not going to welcome the visiting alumni, there are too many of you. Okay, but uh, the Eitan and Senga's parents are here, correct? The, uh, it's a musical town from his dad or his mom? Okay, there we go. Okay, the, uh, also welcome, we're also going to welcome the Gordons. Okay, I, I would like to point out that uh, I have to figure out what to do for the rest of the year because I found out that Jonah has parental approval to order chicken every day. But uh, I think I can still make fun of him anyway, even with his parental approval. Okay. That's number two. We also have Saul's mom is here. And, uh, and for those who don't know, Saul's mom has given a TED Talk. Okay, during lunch break today, if we could go check it out. What should they search for? What should they search for to find it on YouTube? Cortez. Just search on Cortez. K-E-R-T-E-S-G. Okay, you ever got that? You'll find it. It's a nice TED Talk. I listened to it. Okay, and I'm missing one person. Who else? Ah, and Kobe's dad. Okay. Leo, where are your parents? Okay. No, Bonner, where are your parents? Okay. Okay, yeah, they're hanging out with Leo's parents. Okay. So we're going to discuss today an issue of giving punishments on Shabbat. And we'll discover that Baitin would never give punishments on Shabbat. And we'll also see there's two ways to understand that, which lead to very different conclusions. Okay, so we'll come back to this in a minute. Before I just want to say one word of introduction, obviously this raises all kinds of interesting questions about capital punishment in Judaism, which is an interesting conversation in its own. We're not going to have that conversation today. But just to explain why it's a complex conversation, because if you read the Chumash, it seems that, oh, there are a lot of, uh, a lot of capital crimes in Halakha. And maybe that means that Beitin will be like, I don't know, the state of Texas, right? That people will be put to death pretty frequently. But, of course, when you read Chazal, what do you discover? That there are all kinds of restrictions and limitations. It is extremely difficult to ever give, put, give somebody capital punishment. What are some of the restrictions? Yeah, Gabriel? You have to have two witnesses. Right? The witnesses have to warn the criminal ahead of time. Some called Hatra. You want to I'm sorry, say it again? Okay. Very good. So put it this way. So that's why if you're ever writing a college paper of Judaism and capital punishment, you realize it's a complex topic. Right? Because again, on the books, in theory, there's a lot of it. But in practice, the way it plays out, there's very little of it. Okay. Yeah. Any time this is in us? Okay, good. Excellent. Okay, but again, that's not today's topic. That's topic for another time. Assuming there is such a thing as capital punishment or just punishments, okay, what is their status when Shabbat comes into play? So let's start with the Gemara Yevamot. So the Gemara Yevamot source one says, Mishuma Bishmalomer, Talmud Achad, Lefi Shenemer, Vichiyah Beish Chet Mishpat Mavet Vihumat. So there is a pasuk about putting the criminal to death. Shomeani, so I would hear, ben b'chol, ben b'shabbat, right? So maybe I should do it no matter what, right? We want to eradicate evil from the community, so maybe we do it even on Shabbat. Umani mekaye mechalel mot yumat. But wait, but there's an idea of not being mechalel Shabbat. And maybe this would be some kind of desecration of Shabbat. So now I could say, bishar malachot chutzmi mitat beitin. So what's the first possibility? Yeah, that's outside of mitat beitin context. Mitat beitin is a special context, and the court could put the criminal to death on Shabbat. Wait, oh, eh, no, elafilu mitat beitin. 
Maybe not true. Maybe the avoiding Chil Shabbat also avoids uh, capital punishment. When do I do that? So basically we have this conflict of values. You guys know I like conflicts of values. So we have, on the one hand, Beitin punishing criminals who deserve it. On the other hand, we have this desire not to desecrate Shabbat. So the Lord is not sure what wins. So what wins? Talmud Lomar, so the Pasuk says, Lo tivaru eish Don't kindle a fire in all your dwelling places. Now it's interesting because this Pasuk, outside this, come on, we usually don't think about being in a Beitin context. We usually think of this Pasuk in a general context. Right, don't kindle. It's actually, in fact, it's a good answer to a trivia question. Okay, I'm not going to give you all the answers to this trivia question, but as you guys know, there are 39 malachot on Shabbat. How many of them are actually mentioned in Chumash? Okay, well, I'm not answering now, but you can think about it. Okay, who's our Chumash guy here? Yudah Hollander, you can think about it. Okay, and tell us how many you can come up with. Okay, so one of them would seemingly be kindling the fire, Lotavar Reish. As you guys know, this was a famous debate in Jewish history between the rabbis and the Karaites. Right, how did the Karaites interpret this Pasuk? Right, not that you can't light a fire in Shabbat, you can't have a fire on Shabbat. Okay, and that's why they wouldn't really be able to have like warmth and hot food on Shabbat. And the rabbis interpret it as you can't light a fire on Shabbat. And that's why we do have a fire going from before Shabbat. In fact, some people claim that that's where cholent came from. See, guys, now you can feel great about eating cholent. Not only is it delicious, but it's a theological polemic against the Karaites. Okay, because we, we are trying to say that, oh, we do allow having a fire on Shabbat, and that's why we have this, this hot food. Okay? Excellent. Okay. I know for a bit he realizes the uh, religious depth of eating cholent. You can tell him. Okay. So now... Uh, but now we're taking the Pasuk a bit differently. Because that just discussion I just had about the rabbis versus the Karaites is just saying it's about fires per se. Look what we say now. It says, So we make a classic Shava word parallel. We have in a courtroom context. But now what are we going to claim? That also is also a courtroom context. What will emerge? Ah, so what's the claim, guys? So we have a drasha to teach you that we don't give capital punishment on Shabbat. Again, because we say, gives you a baiting context. And we have this pasach, lo tivaru. Now, you probably have all learned this. I know Sanhedrin is a pretty popular high school masachet. So which of the four death penalties are we thinking of here? Yeah, there's a strafe. Now, again, just before you get nervous, strafe, it doesn't mean you get burnt at the stake. Okay, but it does involve heating up lead. So there is burning involved. So what are we saying? You would not do that on Shabbat. Okay, so the conclusion of Yvamut seems to be we don't give punishment on Shabbat based on this reading of Lo Tavaru. Ari Berman. This is the strafe of... Ah, we're going to find it out in a second. Excellent, Mati. Why like, what's the rush? Why not just wait? Well, we do rush. We do wait. No, I'm saying, I'm saying like, like, why, like, it's even a doubt. Why not just wait after that always? Like, why, why okay, so wait? you're asking a very good question. You should realize one thing about halacha. Even though, and this is also a much broader conversation, even though I said it's very difficult to ever give someone the death penalty, we really don't like the idea of death row. Like, right. once you're chay, we don't like the idea that, oh, you just wait weeks. So we actually, once you really chay mita, we do feel a certain urgency to, to okay, we, I guess we think it's somehow psychologically a torment to be on death row for a while. Yeah? Isn't the whole idea of 
period. Okay, we'll get there in a minute. Okay, so before I get more questions, guys, let's ask the fundamental Chakira at work here. But before we get there, I just read one line of Rambam. Okay, and then we'll ask the fundamental Chakira, and then we'll take more questions. Look at source two, guys. How does the Rambam take this? Ein onchim bishabbat. Notice, how does he formulate it? Not that we don't give strafe on Shabbat, but we don't punish on Shabbat. Now, guys, give me, okay, you guys are very analytic. Give me two ways to understand this halacha. And they go in totally different directions. What is lies at the root of no punishments on Shabbat? Sadia? Well, a lot of punishments are monetary. You would want to have monetary uh, transactions on Shabbat. Okay. But, 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 but broaden your point to a larger question. Yoni Saltzman. Ah, okay, but you guys are all circling around it. Like, say it in the most lumbish way possible. What are the two possibilities lurking here? Danny Zex. Okay. I was something to say. I, I'm sorry, I'll be a very little brisker for a second. It is either based on category A or category B. What are the two categories lurking here? Ah, uh, all right, Tatarka, Chabad brisker. Here we go. The category of not doing this on Shabbos or the category of, of the punishment itself? Okay, so I, I, I think you've got it, just to make sure that you use what you meant. Avni, you want to say it sharply? Okay. No, but it could also be that we in two separate categories of if you could kill on Shabbos and if you could Oh, that's actually no distinction. Is that what I meant? All right. Maybe I'm just being too stuck up on my own formulation. Alicia? Okay, and if I say you don't kill, what what is it? What am I really saying? Ah, now we're talking, right? You could say this is just an example of the larger idea that we do to Malach on Shabbos. It just happens to be that punishments involve Malachot, right? So it's not like some special idea of punishing on Shabbos. Like just like I don't cook my lunch on Shabbos. And I don't carry outside the Eruv. So I also don't do punishments because every single punishment involves one malacha or another. Or what is the alternative, of course? It is not about malacha at all. It's somehow inappropriate to the whole spirit and theme of Shabbat to punish people. And of course, now, like any good chakira, you want a test case. So what are the kind of test cases we might be looking for? Quincy? Uh, that yeah, what if we could find some baked-in punishment that does not involve a malacha? So if I said it was always just about malacha, so then, okay, this doesn't involve malacha, no reason I can't do it, let's punish the fellow. Conversely, if I said, no, no, it was never about it technically being malacha, it was the thought that punishments are not what Shabbos is all about, Shabbos is this respite from the difficulties of the world, so at that point, it wouldn't matter whether it's a malacha or not. Jonah? So this apply outside of the context of the Beijing, the example of like, like in the IDF on Shabbat, if they're allowed to be acting like... Ah, that's a good question. The only thing there is that, um, right, in some of the cases, there'd be an urgency for Bikuach Nefesh, right? Uh, we have to, if we know where the terrorist is right now, we might not know tomorrow, <laughs> right? So that's why, it, I understand your question, but I think it'll usually have different components over there. Okay, yeah, Isaac. Doesn't like the Beijing only operate on Monday and Thursday? So how would you like... How do you bring them? Like, how do you continue? Okay, so, uh, man who just learned Ketubah.bet. Okay, correct? Yeah. Okay, very good. So, let's just say it's possible Beitim will work on other days also. Okay, yeah, Eitan. Is this not like a similar concept as like Avel pausing on Shabbat? Uh, yeah, I mean, if you go with the second approach, it's very similar to that. The idea that uh, Shabbat is not a time for Avelud, for sad things, and therefore Avelud gets suspended over the course of Shabbat. 
Yeah, correct. It's a good parallel. Okay, I guess one just uh, example of this idea, if you want to go with this idea, I just think you'll find it humorous. So uh, some of you may know that in the early part of the 20th century, just like there were Italian and Irish mafiosos, there were Jewish mafiosos also, okay, mostly in New York and Chicago. And for some strange reason, I actually own two books about them. There probably only are two books about them, but I own both of them. Okay, so one is called, But They Were Nice to Their Mothers. Okay, anybody else in the room read it besides me? I've read part of that. Ah, Joan Zeal, where do you know this book from? Uh, my mother recommended it to me. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I, bet she liked the, I bet she liked the title. Okay. But you know what? Whoa, where was that? Okay. Do you guys go to Chabad? You'll meet interesting people. Okay. Danny Sachs, who's the most interesting person you met in Chabad? Your cousin? Sounds like Chabad in Memphis is more interesting. Okay. But in any case, there's two very funny things in the book. Okay, so one funny thing is he's trying to contrast the Jewish mafiosos with the Italian mafiosos. And he says, what's the difference? The Italian godfather, his dream in life is that he could give over the business to his son. Like, I have this good business, I make a lot of money, and I'll give it over to my kid. The Jewish godfather, what does he say? I have this great business, and I want my son to go to medical school. Okay, so that's one of the things in the book. That's a good part of the book. Okay, and the other thing is, there was some mafioso who would not kill on Shabbos. Right, that was his, like, Jewish expression. Right, Shabbos is not a day for killing. So uh, this it fits very well with the Shirkoli. But he had some sense that it's not Shabbos stick to kill people. Yeah. So it sounds more like Malacha based. Okay, good. I agree. The simplest in Yavaman is that's Malacha based. We'll see how it plays out. Okay, anybody else? We're good? Okay, great. So let's see how the Rambam quotes it. And again, this is what we're looking for. Is it about Malacha or is it about just it's not really in the spirit of Shabbat? Okay, now the Rambam quotes it both in the Mishnah Torah, but interestingly enough, also in his Sefer HaMitzvot. Okay, which I think I'm already going to plant a seed in your mind. Is it obvious it should appear in the Sefer Mitzvah? We'll get to that in a minute. Let's see the Mishnah. Darren, guys, tell me if you feel like you're drawn one or the other. Is it about Malacha or not about Malacha? Okay, here we go. Number two. Ain on shin b'shabbat. We don't give punishments in Shabbat. Avopisha onish mitzvah say, Even though punishing is actually a positive mitzvah. Okay, and you might even say, we know when there are clashes. I know the rule we sometimes say, say fights a say. We might say, say doch a say. So you could have thought the assay would overcome the lotasay. Nevertheless, we don't do that here. Kesa. Haraishinit chayabibetin malkot o mita. Ain malkanoto vein mita no bishabbat. Shinemar lo tvarish bhomoshitika bioma shabbat. Zu azarela bitin. Shalo yitifu bishabbat mishin chayasrefa. Vuhua din lashar onshin. What did the Ram do ready, guys? Was there an expansive expansion move here? Yeah. Apparently, it's not only Sreifa, it's all death penalty crimes, and not only death penalty crimes, but also Malko. Okay, so the Rambam has already said there's a larger principle at work here. But now, let's think for a second. Does this prove that we're going beyond Malacha, or does it not prove it? What do you think, Avner? It doesn't prove it, but it gets us like 80% away. Okay, because what might someone say if you want to defend the other position? What if Malko involves a Malacha? Okay, now, someone said correctly before that shechit is a malacha, where you don't kill animals on Shabbat, so that would work with any death penalty. If you wanted to make malko a malacha, where would you go? Okay. might carry the whip. Okay, it's a little bit too clever, is he? You don't have to be that clever. You can be more direct. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, if you make a wound, it's also malacha. Okay.
Ah, we got, oh, that was very clever. Okay, very good. Ari Berman, future Lamdan of Am Yisrael. Mati. What was the parallel between Shemitah and Hanukkah? I don't necessarily agree with that. Now, again, you guys think you read Dimsin Yom Tov and Shabbat. Now, I know none of us do this, but because we live in a world of, uh, you know, what's it called? Factory farming. But let's say, oh, here we go. Let's say you are Alicia Shmalo and you care greatly about the mistreatment of animals in factory farming and you're Quincy Barrett. But you might be willing to say, if you have a chicken in your backyard, which you know is well-treated, you'd be willing to do shita. Okay, Quincy, would you be willing? No. Okay, Alicia? All right, forget it. Let's assume they would be willing. Okay, okay, we'll do me. Okay, I, I think I really, in an ideal universe, I'd be vegetarian, even though I'm not taking it on. But I would not have any problem with a chicken in my backyard. Okay, so now, here we go. So what, what if it's Yom Tov, what can I do, guys? Guess what? I could do that. I know none of us do that, but Yom Tov, you're allowed to do things for Ochel Nefesh. Guess what? Just like you're allowed to cook, you could shech the chicken. So you could shech the chicken, yom tov morning, and then eat a great chicken meal for lunch. Okay? But you can't do that on Shabbat, because shechita is one of the 39 categories of forbidden work. Right? So now I'm saying, I would say so, putting a human being to death is no less than putting an animal to death. But it, it's actually, it kind of makes more sense that putting animals to death is kind of like a malachah. It's well, like a butchery, whereas a human is, there's no like job really, which is that killing human do they? Okay. Uh, it's an interesting question. I'm going to assume that putting someone to death is a malachah. Okay? okay? And if malachah is malachah, depends on, do we assume you're wounding somebody? Are you drawing blood? And, and on Ari Burma's question, which we'll get to in a minute. Okay, Rafi. It's kind of, we already kind of said this, but I'm assuming since it's in the sacred mitzvah, it's just, it's, that means it's its own separate... Oh, amazing. See, parents, we have great students here at Yeshiva Director. Okay, uh, I just asked, Rafi, just that you're hitting the peak of Talmudic excellence and now you're just going to go to college afterward. Okay, it's okay. You'll still, you'll still be excellent. Okay, I just feel as I understand. He's leaving mid-year. Okay, so now... Um, ah... Rafi's made a great point. I said, the Rambam, of course, lists a book of mitzvot, 613 mitzvot, right? And there's always a question, what should be on the list, what shouldn't be on the list? So here he has on the list, let's just look at source three for a second. Ha-mitzvah shin chavet, hu shiziranu me'onesh hagdaram al We have a prohibition against punishing... Sinners. That is one, if you ask in Rambam's universe, what are the 365 negative prohibitions? On the list is, we don't give punishments on Shabbat. So I asked you, is it surprising that it appears? So you might say, why is it surprising? It's a Gemara and Yavamo. Ah, but Rafi just made a brilliant point. Why might it not appear as a separate mitzvah? Yeah, it's just an example of a larger category. There's no reason to count it separately. Right, let's say, is there a special mitzvah not to, I don't know, uh, cook omelets on Shabbat? No, because that's just part of a larger category of not doing malacha. So if I would view the Beitin's actions, and the only problem really is that it always involves the malacha, it's not so clear why you count it as a separate mitzvah. The fact that Rambam has a special mitzvah called don't punish on Shabbat might make me suspect that it's not about the malacha, it's about the idea of punishing on Shabbat per se. I don't know. Doesn't this mean that the real question is, is it also for the Beitin to do it, or... I would get there in a minute also. Okay, you said it before, and it was very good. Guys, say, one of the things I'm very excited about, almost all the main points, the guys in this year have already suggested. Yeah. By the way, Rafi, it's good, because Avner shows that even when you move on to Drexel, you can still maintain your Talmudic excellence. Okay, yeah. 
I think it's an interesting afternoon. If it's part of the category of halacha, then it should extend to chag and to yontu. But if we say no, it's something about the day of Shabbat itself, there's no reason to presume that it would extend to chag. Oh, that's very interesting. That, that I did not consider. That I did not consider. No, but the question is, should we assume that... Look, it's a very intriguing suggestion, Quincy, but I'm not sure it would be crazy to say, just like, so to speak, it's not Shabbos stick to punish people, maybe it's not Yom Tov stick to punish people. Correct, but then okay. I would ask you to find me a case where it formulates it in that way separate from the category. Rama would have to bring a new mitzvah. Exactly. Um, you have to mention it. It would have to be somewhere to, to show me that's true. But also, even if it's just a malacha thing, you have to ask which malachas it is. Like if it's no, again, but that get you in the technicality of it. Correct, correct. Depending on malachas, on the other, you might... No, but again, but it's hard to imagine... Look... That, that's actually quite interesting. Can you create a case where any of these punishments promote ochel nefesh? Because that tends to be the essential difference, right? So it's not so easy to create a case where punishing a person will enable you to eat well, something. Isn't it not that the malacha has to be in service of you eating something, rather it has to be a malacha that generally is in service of you? Oh, because you know the phrase, that you know about mitoch. Yeah. How do you know about mitoch? I don't know. Okay. Wow. You'll get to it in two of but that was very good. Okay, well, not for us right now. Okay, any other comments on this? Okay, so we've got the Chakira down. We suffer, we had the Rambam extended it from Mita to Malkot, but the Rambam treats it as a separate mitzvah in the Sefer mitzvah. Daniel Berger, you want to say something? Yes, I didn't see any of your guys' suggestion, but is there a concept of um, infringing on someone else's own Shabbos? Um, well, you think that that's why we can't punish people because it will get in the way of their own Shabbos? Okay, so let's go to, we'll skip source, before we go to source five. Okay, source five is an interesting fellow, the Avne Nazar. It was Rav Avram Bornstein. He is the Sacha Chavarebi. Okay, as some of you may know, there's a little bit of a stereotype sometimes in life that Hasidish Rabbeim are good at Hasidus, but they're not so Gemara oriented. So there are a few Hasidish Rabbeim who definitely break that stereotype. Uh, yes, of course, most prominently the Svas Emes, of course. The Ger Rebbe wrote a great parish on Shas. Also, to make, uh, since this year, we have the most Chabadniks we've ever had. Right? In Chabad, there's a pretty strong tradition that the Rebbe is also a Gemara giant. Right? What did the Tanya, Baal Tanya write besides the Tanya? A famous halachic work called the Shulchan Harav. That is correct. Very good. Uh, and I would say the third example, besides Ger and Labavitch, would be Sachachav. Okay, and the Avne Nezer is a very important set of chubot uh, on halachic issues. So let's see what we got here in the Avne Nezer. Gevihine, midivrei ha-rambam elu mavur, shu iser b'fnei atzmo ha-onesh b'shabat milvad ha-malacha. What's his opening gambit? He says it is per se a problem, not only because of malacha. V'chein mashma, mashma kata b'chibur ha-gadol, ein onshin b'shabat. Okay, quote, low quote. Let's skip to the end of the quote. Uh... What, now, what were the last four words the Rambam in the Mishra Torah? Oh, sorry, no, before we get to the last words. Who had in Lashar Onshin? Guys, see, I'm on line one, two, three, four, five. I'm on line five. Who had in Lashar Onshin? So, what does he assume, actually? Malkut does not invariably involve a Malacha. So, forget all the other arguments in the Rafi Snobel argument. Once you extend it to Malkut, you're already assuming it does not have to technically be a Malacha. But then he says, wait. Okay, good terminology, guys. When you're doche something, what are you doing? You're pushing it off. And in the context of Talmudic argumentation, right, that's what you do to a proof. Okay, I've got that. So you have to not only just what the word means, but how it's used. Usually the, the response to a raya proof is, I could be doche 
That right, all right. If you use that terminology, guys, you know what you're talking about. They'll think you're really a yeshiva guy. Okay, where's Ezra Burke? Okay, I bet Ezra Burke, guys, Ezra Burke's brother is in Yale, but he's got he's got all the yeshiva terminology down. He's amazing. Okay, he would know how to say, I could be doche that raya. I could disprove the proof. Okay, here we go. V'yesh lidchot tzat. De'efshar shiyase bo chavala. O nitzra adam, davik chovel. V'chayv mishim mefarek. Wait, maybe I could get out of it. And he makes the point we made. What could you say? Well, after you give a guy lashes, he's going to have a bloody wound on his back. That's a malacha. You can't be chovel on Shabbat. But now he raises the Arby Bourbon question. Wait. Okay, now we have to do a little Hilchot Shabbat tangent, guys, for one second. Okay. But before, I just want to point out one thing before the Hilchot Shabbat tangent. So some of you know that this past week, unfortunately, Ramon was sick. So I ended up performing Joshua's wedding in the last minute, which was actually, it's a great deal because I didn't have to do anything before and then I just showed up and had a good time in performing the wedding. Okay, but I don't know if Joshua realized that there was an alternative here in the Shiva, that Leo Bodner is authorized to perform weddings. Is that correct, Leo? You, okay, see, you guys did not know that. Okay, he passed the chorus, he has a certificate. Is it here or just at home? Okay, you can check out his card. Okay, are you uh, limited to... Uh, the Catholic Church, or you can do Jewish weddings too? No, it's a non-denomination. Okay, terrific. Okay, guys, you just know, and you get married this year, you've got, you got an option. What? what? I'm sorry? Okay. Mati, I think you might have violated the two-second rule. No, no, no. Okay. So in any case... You'll tell me afterward. Okay, so in, in any case, uh, let's go back over here, guys. Okay, let's say... On Shabbat, I am walking through the grass. And you can't pick grass on Shabbat. So whatever someone says to me, Rabbi, anytime I walk through the grass, maybe my shoe will somehow dislodge some grass, and I'll do a malacha. So come with this new chumr, you can't walk through grass on Shabbat. Why is that not true? Because I don't have intention to do it. That is famously called, davar she'enu mitkavei. I don't have intention to do it, it's not a problem. Now some of you might be thinking, wait, Rabbi, if that's true, why does people think that it's a problem if you open the fridge door and the light goes on? Why do Orthodox Jews uh, detach the light before Shabbat? Okay, so what's the answer, guys? Okay, something famous they call the psik ratio, which means if the thing you didn't intend to do is invariably going to happen, if it's certainly going to happen, then you cannot rely on Damashem Mekabe. This is a much larger conversation, so it's not possible based on anything I said here, but just know that, what, I'm sorry? Ah, so I thought it was very interesting because I don't know the physical reality here. The Avni Nazar is not assuming it's a psikresha, okay, which is kind of interesting. He does not assume that. Okay, look what he says here. So he says, wait, maybe you could get out of it. Maybe the proof still works. I mean, again, let's just remember the logic here, guys. We thought there was a proof that it doesn't have to be Malacha because Malkut is also problematic. And then we said, no, but, oh, Malkut might involve a Malacha because it involves Chavalah. Now he raises, but maybe it does involve malacha because it's dava she'enu mitkaven. Like you're not trying to give a guy a wound; you're just trying to lash him. So it says here, Okay, what's he getting at, guys? What's ki'ilu nitkaven? Why? Why? Why is it not exactly comparable to the grass scenario? When I'm walking through the grass, right, the dislodged grass is totally foreign to what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to get from point A to point B. Would you say that when I'm giving somebody lashes, right, him developing a wound on his back is totally foreign to 
No, that's part of what it is. I'm like, unfortunately, we're giving the guy a punishment, and I guess it's supposed to be somewhat painful. And at that point, right, it's hard to view it as detached from the intent. So it's interesting to me, he doesn't say leave so much that it's invariably going to happen. He doesn't play the probability game. He just says you can't detach it so easily from the kavana. However, guys, he goes back and forth a lot. Look at his last line. Um, he gets a little uh, poetic here. Me desagar harambam hashar. What did the Rambam do? He closed the gate. How did he close the gate? Because what did the Rambam write at the end? V'hu adin l'chol shar onshim. Mashma t'chol onshim b'chol yisurzeh af below melacha. Guys, what did the Rambam say back there in the Mishnah Torah? He said, me, he said, malka. What was his closing little sentence there? So too, any punishment. Now again, I don't know what he means because there aren't that many punishments in the Lachic system. Okay, as... Quincy spoke right the other day. There's no jail in Halakha. Okay, which again, given how jail plays out, might be a great thing. Okay, but uh, in any case, I don't know what punishment he refers to, but once he says any punishment, what does Avni Nezer assume? If you tell me any punishment, you're not saying that it's a function of Malacha. There's got to be some punishment out there that does not involve Malacha. And therefore, just to sum up, guys, we seem to have a reading, good reason to think in Rambam that it's beyond Malacha. Again, what are the reasons? The Rafi Snowball argument. That's why it's a separate mitzvah in the Sefer mitzvot. And the Avni Nezer says, once you tell me Shar Onshim, you open the floodgates and it's any punishment. Nitai. If we put aside killing, how's Tenaka I'm sorry? If we put aside killing, how's Tenaka Malapamis? Um, I think the Malak would be the killing itself. You're right. There is a difference here. You're making a sharp point, which I glossed over for the purpose of this year because I saved myself time. So a little bit of laziness on my part. But you're right, Havar involves a malacha even before we put the person to death, because we're lighting something on fire. You're right, a lot of the other death penalties, it's not really true. So there I'm just imagining that it's the putting the person to death is the malacha. But you're right, there's a distinction. So oh, yeah. Is it possible to make someone bruise on top of Yeah. Then you will make someone bruise when you cut them. Uh, okay, but what about, I don't know, uh, with a sword or... Uh, you make someone bleed when you cut them. Yes, with a sword. All right. Okay, in any case, guys, let's turn the page. Okay, yeah, yeah, leave. Okay, so, okay. It would have so much sense for him to place each of these different, even if he didn't hold that, like, Oh, it's really probably the lava. It's still a bit weird for us to place each separate ownage. You can't do this on shops, you can't do this on shops in those categories. So we made a separate category, even though we still believed it. Okay, so I want to make a point here, and just one thing, guys, in terms of schedule, I'm going to try to finish a few minutes early today. There's a CM at 1240. So I'm just going to ask everybody if, even though I, the, the best part of Shir Kali is, is like the post Shir Kali buzz, but uh, I'll ask people to just pass up on the buzz today and go straight to Rabbi Shir. Okay, so then we'll be able to get to the CM on time. Okay, so I'm going to raise a larger question and we'll close with two sources. Because something I've wondered about a long time. And I, we don't have a definitive answer, but I'll raise the two questions. Okay, we like to do halakhic analysis here, right? And we've done a very good analysis today, right? Is punishing Shabbat about the malacha? Or is it about punishing per se? Is it about the spirit of Shabbat? So there's two related questions, which you always know how much to bring in. Okay, I'll give one. There's an endeavor called Tame HaMitzvot. Those that give 
rationales for mitzvot. So as you guys know, I'm a big fan of that endeavor, but there's something speculative about it, right? Because we, we often don't really have a clue from the halakhic sources what the rationale is. So one question I would ask is how much we try to integrate, right? Should we try to bring into our conceptual understanding the question of tami mitzvot? And we'll do that in one second. And the other question we'll leave just raised, which is how much does categorization reflect what's happening conceptually? Because what has the Rafi Snobel argument been? Oh, why are we counted separately? Only because it's a different concept. It's not about malacha. Does categorization always so clearly reflect the conceptual understanding? So you ever say, I'm saying there's like the conceptual understanding. We've got reasons for mitzvah. We've got counting, enumeration. Should we integrate all three into one kind of analysis? Which will impact on even which books you use. Right? Do I just look at the Rishonim on the Gemara? Do I look on philosophy books to find out what the reason is? Do we look at, say, for our mitzvah books to see how people categorize? How relevant are those things? Okay, great. So we're going to do one Tommy mitzvah book and one Sefer mitzvah book and bring it all together. Akiva Nelson, yes. how's life in the corner there? It's good. Okay. Nice. Have you been in contact with anybody during this year, Chloe? I actually did. Oh, Okay. And he's not Okay, that was like, you didn't like WhatsApp him, right? No. Okay, because he is sitting right next to you. <laughs> okay. Okay, excellent. Okay. All right, so let us go now. Who on this? Who on the Shite guys is a Tommy a Mitzvot book? Ah, right. Isn't that what the Sefer Chinuch does? He goes to all six hundred thirteen Mitzvot and gives a rationale for all of them. So let's check it out. One other thing about the Chinuch guys, he was a big Rambam fan. So everything that the Rambam counts as a Mitzvah, the Chinuch counts as a Mitzvah. It's the exact same six hundred thirteen. Okay, so let's see what the Chinuch said. That, what do we know already? Wait, but that means if the Rambam has a Mitzvah called "Don't punish on Shabbat." That's going to appear <laughs> in the Sefer Achinoch. Okay. Okay, I definitely enjoy my job too much because uh, I get to m- I- interact with students in a very intriguing way. What do you think, guys? Should you be upset with a student who's reading your article while he- you're giving cheer? Is that you should be proud of him or upset with him? What do you guys think? Uh, you. <laughs> I guess proud. We'll go with proud. Okay. So let's go. Sefer Achinoch. There's a prohibition here. Judges should not make judgment on Shabbat. Klomar. If you're high of death, Okay, so far he's just quoted the halacha. Nothing new. You guys remember the term the Chinuch uses? Whenever the Chinuch is getting to the Tam, he says, what is the Shoresh of the Mitzvah? Okay, so if you ever want to skip his rationale, that's what to look for. Mi Shoresh HaMitzvah, Shoresh HaMitzvah, look at this, guys. L'chabir hayom hazeh. What did God want to do? Honor this great day. Sheyimtsu bo menucha. It should be a day of rest and serenity. Gam hakol, gam hachotim v'chayavim. Great, even... Even the sinner should find tranquility and serenity on Shabbat. Mashal Melech Gadol, it's like a great king. Right, isn't that true? Right, many kings would have on a day of some celebration somehow. I know people's senses get commuted or things like that. It's not, it, you're trying to create a general uh, atmosphere of happiness. Now, it's pretty clear, guys, if we do bring Tommy Mitzvot into play, 
even though they're somewhat speculative. Okay, clearly, which side does the Chinook line up on? It's, it's, it's obvious, right? This has nothing to do with Malacha. This is about what kind of atmosphere we want on Shabbat. So we don't care whether it's a Malacha or not. We just don't want to punish people on Shabbat. Okay, Ben Ishkai section. What do you got? Okay, so earlier when you were saying, so maybe not hold judgment during Shabbat because um, if the guy is back by me, they can't get up on Shabbat. Does that mean, does that imply that in a regular baby that's on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, if someone was back by me, they can live? So that I, I alluded to before, I prefer not to get into it, but I, I just want to say again, there's no such thing as death row in Judaism. We don't like the idea that someone waits four months. Basically, we make it extremely, extremely difficult to ever convict somebody, but once they're convicted, we don't wait. Okay. Rafi. I'm just thinking, is it, if you say that the Isser is like a separate Isser, mm-hmm. like this, the Kabbalah is that Isser itself like its own category of Malacha? Is that Isser... Okay, so Rafi just asked another extremely lumbish question. Okay, and I'll just raise this a question I'm not going to deal with it today, which is, do we have Isurim on Shabbat that are outside the rubric of Malacha? And if they're outside the Malacha, do they play out differently? Now here, I'm really curious if I'm going to get this guys. Can anyone think of a possible other example of this phenomenon? Something gets us to do on Shabbat, but it does not fit into that rubric of the 39 categories of work. Do you ever think of something we avoid doing that might not be malacha? Um, well, we don't, for a, when a person dies, we don't, we, we're supposed to bury them right away. But if they die on Shabbat... Okay, that's an excellent question, point. But what if I tell you that burial might constantly malacha? So that might be able to be followed by... Yeah, okay, right, because you're doing... Something. Right, just digging the, right? So, anyone else a different example? Um, if it's if it's not a natural birth, the, the person will. But maybe because Brit Meal is a malacha. What malacha would Brit Meal no, be? Didn't we say before? No, well, but but, in the, but in the didn't we say before that wounding someone could be a malacha? But if it's a natural birth, you do a birth meal. Ah, but that doesn't prove it's not a malacha. What does that prove? That in one clash of malachic values, Brit Meal beats Shabbos. It's pretty interesting that Brit Meal beats Shabbos. Okay, no Meltzer. Uh, well, let, okay, that's a very interesting example, but because it's it is true, rabbis were very motivated to prohibit electricity, and some of them used great creativity to figure out why it's usher. But the mode always was to make it some kind of malacha. Meaning, you're right; it's not obvious electricity should be a malacha, but the rabbinic discussion does categorize it as a malacha. Like maybe it's kindling a fire. Okay, uh, anybody? Quincy. Yeah, but I think that's not a Doraita. I was going to go with walking outside the Tchum. Was anyone thinking of that? Okay. Okay. I guess uh, it was beyond your reach. Oh, sorry, guys. Okay. Bad rabbinic humor, I know. Okay, so that might be just a Doraita to walk outside the Tchum. It's not obvious I should categorize that under any of... Uh, see, Micah, it's good you're, you, you, you're going to Jewish education. You can laugh at rabbinic jokes, Micah. You're good to go. That's like half the battle. Okay. What? I think I'm up with my own. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I guess that's the other half of the battle. Okay, so the... Okay, so have we got that, guys? So it, I think Rafi asked an interesting question. Once I say there's a separate iser, is it like totally divorced from the whole concept of Malacha? And I'll even give you an example. What would be an example? Chil Shabbos is very serious. What's the official punishment of Chil Shabbos? It is a death penalty crime, but Rafi's just pointing out, wait, if I have other Isurei Shabbat that are not filed under Malacha, maybe they're not a death penalty crime. Maybe they're not as serious. 
Okay, so I think you're onto something. It's a very interesting question of Shabbat in general. Yeah, any time? So, when it, the person is sentenced to death and it would have effect would be on Shabbat, would it also be a problem because you're making the guy be complicit in violation of Shabbat by being willing to die? Yeah, I don't think so. Because he's not doing anything. He's just a, he's just like a he's a passive object of what we're doing. And he's not very willing. What? Is he passive? Like he's participating in this. I am going to go out on a limb here and say that being killed is not participation. <laughs> okay? You could disagree with that. It's okay with me. Yeah, please. So, I guess that was concept obviously you made from the very beginning that for any crime you need two witnesses. So, you're going to have to ask those two witnesses to get their shabbat to come in. Ah, so I think, the, it's interesting, I think the case sounds to be like the sentencing was before shabbat, but we haven't carried it out. I think that's the case here. Okay? You're from South Africa. I am. Wow. Long time ago. Okay. So, Gordon, you're also from South Africa, right? Yeah. Okay, so we got two major trends in Yeshiva this year, Chabadniks and South Africans. Those are the, the two major trends. Okay, so let us go to the last, we need to have one more source, okay? Let us go to source nine. We'll sneak in one last thing here, guys. So we talked about how to bring in Tamiya Mitzvot books. We just did that with the Chinuch. What about now we're going to bring in Sefer Mitzvot books? So obviously the Rambam has a Sefer Mitzvot. Obviously the Chinuch is counting Mitzvot. So a fellow named Rav Sadyagon wrote a poem. Okay, he wrote a poem with the 613 mitzvot. And a, this should be a famous work. More people don't know. It's an amazing work. A man named Yeruchim Fischl Perlau, who no one ever heard of, wrote a massive three-volume commentary on his poem. Okay, and it is incredible how much he knows and how much he brings into play trying to figure out every mitzvah. Okay, so in the world of Sefer Mitzvot, right, this is a great work that is not is underutilized. Okay, Rav Perlau on Rav Sadigon. Let's see, because he brings up Avner's excellent point before. Let's see source nine. I saw a bunch of achronim. Ah, now life's going to get really exciting, guys. You can't, well, you guys probably all learned this. There's a famous drasha that building the Beit HaMikdash doesn't overcome Shabbat. Where we would stop the building on Shabbat. Now, when the Rambam lists 613 mitzvot and 365 prohibitions, guess what does not appear? There's no mitzvah that says, we don't build the Mikdash on Shabbat. So notice the discrepancy here, right? We have a drasha that teaches you you can't build the Mikdash on Shabbat. We have a drasha that teaches you you can't give punishments on Shabbat. Yet somehow, one Rambam counts and one Rambam does not count. Okay, now before the clever point he makes at the end, you already could figure out a good answer. What is, well, an excellent answer to that discrepancy? Exactly. Why can't you build a Beit HaMikdash in Shabbat? Not because it's not Shabbistic. You can't build it because building involves Malacha. Ah, but why can't you give punishments on Shabbat? That's not rooted in Malacha. That's rooted in a separate value, and that's why one is counted and one is not. So that would be a very good answer. Excellent. However, let's read a little bit more, because he makes one more point that Avner alluded to before. The ain bezes srach kushya klal. Oh, he's a little bit harsh today. That's not even a question. No, look at this line, guys. Exactly what you guys said. It's included in the general prohibition. It is in no way an additional idea. It's just an application right there we already have. You can't do Malachan Shabbat. Ah, 
but not true with punishments. What's a lav miyuchad? Well, lav is a prohibition, and miyuchad? Special, unique? Good. Special prohibition. Ah, now he adds one thing that I've alluded to before. I thought the answer was going to be, even though you're not actually doing malacha. How did he phrase it? Even on Mechal Shabbat? With your hands. Ah, this is great. Okay, I've been very impressive. Okay, you are the biggest Lamdan in Drexel. Okay? Oh, really? Who's the other guy with the shoe background? Or girl with a 70 background? Okay. All right. It's okay. It's good to have something to... It's good, to, it's good to have something to aspire to. Okay, so in any case, here, here it is, guys. This is not the Lavdus Melacha. Shu Hazhara, because who is addressed in Lotus Melacha? Hu Hazhara, Leoseh Melacha. Umechalel to Shabbat. Of Obeitin, Dibura Ba'alma Kamrei, the Lav Melacha. That is an excellent point. Who is being addressed in this prohibition of Doki punishments in Shabbat? Who's being addressed? The Beitin. If they actually carried out, who would be the Mechal Shabbos? Whoever the worker, the functionary in Beitin is who actually... But presumably the Dayanim were not themselves the people who did the killing. Right? So at that point, the prohibition should be addressing the Shliach Beitin. And yet the prohibition is, in, is addressing the Beitin. Says Raperlo, that's a further proof for what, guys? It's really not about Malacha. It's about... The spirit of Shabbat. Okay, let's just do a brief summary and take it one last question. Okay, so we saw that this Gmar Yavamot that says we don't get punishments on Shabbat. We asked the fundamental question, is that because punishment is invariable in Malacha? Is it because it's just against the spirit of Shabbat? We don't care about Malacha. We've had a bunch of arguments. I admit I'm not so uh, objective here. A bunch of arguments in favor of the spirit of Shabbat. What were the arguments? Well, the Rambam applies it to Malkot. And we had a whole question, does Malkot invariably involve the Malacha or not? Fine. Not only that, the Raman doesn't only apply to Malkot, he has this formulation. Hu Adin Lashar. Oh, it sounds like any punishment per se. Okay, three. What does the Raman do in Sefer Mitzvot? He counts it as a separate mitzvah. So that's already a lot of arguments. Four, when the Sefer Achinoch is giving rationales for mitzvot, what's his rationale for this mitzvah? Right? Shabbos should be the day of tranquility. That should even apply to the criminals of this world. Right? Obviously, that makes it not about Malacha. Finally, we have a Perlau saying, I've got even another point. And he also notes the contrast between building Beit Midash and Shabbat vis a vis punishments. One is a separatist or one is not in the Rambam's count. Finally, he points out, even look at who's being addressed. We are not addressing the person who would actually be doing Malacha. There's not an Isser on the Shliach Beitin, it is the Beitin being addressed. They are obviously not doing malacha. I think there's a lot of evidence here that this is about the spirit of Shabbat and not about malacha per se. Okay, last comment. Nitai, or last two comments. Uh, in the 11th period, we're doing the if the person needs to be sentenced to death, but you can actually do it, then you have the whole thing where you feed them a ton of food and put them in a cage. Yes. Right? So, what if it's a... No, it's relevant. So, what if it's, uh, if it's actually both both Shabbat Shabbat and also the matter of uh, Malacham? Because the Nafkim meaning, if it's Yom Tov, then you still have the issue of Malacham. But if it's Shabbat, 
And it could be that the person you have to feed him, but then it takes time for to die, and he'll die after Shabbat, so that death didn't happen on Shabbat, but you still did the punishment. Wait, you're, you're, you're sympathetic to Quincy's idea that spirit of Shabbat doesn't apply to Yom Tov? Uh, you did throw that in there. I think Quincy's right. Like, there's, there's no place that it says that. Like, yeah, I'm just not so sympathetic. I just really feel like it's not Yom Tov to kill people also. I understand. I admit, guys, I can't prove it the Rambam's wording. I admit, just my gut says I, I don't see why that idea wouldn't apply to Yom Tov. Eight times. Yes, eight times. Sorry, just running a long time. I apologize. Okay, it's just uh, I'm biased against guys with scraggly beards. Yeah, yeah, eight times. Related to something you guys said earlier, is there a concept that let's say someone's sentenced to death, like death, right? In between when they're sentenced to death and let's say when they're actually like, killed, is there a concept of them being like. You know, do we have appeals? Is that your question? No, not, they're not appeals, but do for Olam Haba, like if they're like doing a mitzvah in between, in between the time that they're actually sentenced and they're killed, is that actually, is that actually a concept? Like if someone's sentenced before Shabbat, then like. Is there well, 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 why shouldn't it count? Sneak in mitzvah when any cat? Couldn't that be another reason to postpone it? It's because you want to let them have one more chance to like impact their Olam Haba, like. All right, look, you're a very optimistic person. Give me more chance they can do more wrong things during that time period also. It's good. Optimism is a good thing. Okay, yeah, honor. I think I think the time is self-defeating because in general we, we rush to do death killing because we don't think that people Oh, that's a fascinating point. Don't, don't Meaning, you, based on what I said before, you're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to argue that somehow, you know, the Shabbat tranquility even calms the death row guy down. Yeah. Like he said, it's like the people who don't feel like they could not smoke on Shabbos, but when Sunday comes, right? Maybe somehow we're able to. But that's a very interesting point. That's very clever. All right, last one. Adim. Well, that really relates to Rafi Snowball's question. I should, right? I mean, if it's not a malacha, maybe it's not a serious punishment at all. Maybe get, maybe get Malko to Namita. I, I have to look it up. I admit, I did not look it up. Uh, that's an interesting question. That's an interesting question. All right, guys, we will stop here. Everybody have a great Shabbat. Thank you. Go, go, guys, go to our... Go to our